Everything working? Mic, mic check. One, two. Yeah. 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 We good? I think that's good. Yeah. Should we start? Let's get it. Yep. All right. Roll the intro. Geek PD. Welcome to Geek PD, where we investigate anything that involves comic books, movies, TV shows, to infinity and beyond. And I'm Ian. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Migs. And my name is Dre. Alrighty. <laughs> and he's Ian. You can let him and do it. And he's Ian, right? My name's Ian. Yes, yes. Hi, Ian. Hi, welcome to the precinct. You're appreciated. <laughs> so, case file for today. Let's bring him out. Now, there are a lot of speculations in the upco- for the upcoming movie Rise of Skywalker, which is, I don't know if you if it's going to be out already by the time that you're listening to this, but if it is, then if you haven't seen it yet, a lot of people know that Ian McDermott is confirmed to be reprising his role as Emperor Palpatine. But mm-hmm. what to what extent exactly will Palpatine be involved in the storyline of Rise of Skywalker? I think a lot of extent. How many extent, Ian? Like ten. Like five. <laughs> like five extent. Like five. That's so many extent. <laughs> Too much, too much. But we'll get to that at the end of the show. Now, what do you guys think? Have you been keeping track of the trailers? Have you been, or, or are you trying to come in clean? Well, I've seen the trailer from two days ago. It's the final release trailer, the one yes. that's around two minutes, two and a half minutes, I think. And it it dishes a lot of a lot of things. It's hard to process. A lot of context clues are are a bit all over the place. So yeah. I think if you guys haven't, have you guys seen it? Yeah, yeah, I have. I've seen, seen it too. It. Yeah. Okay, so what do you guys think of it? Have you narrowed down any Easter eggs that you think people might have missed on a first watch? Well, oh, yeah. I love the change of scenery for one. Mm-hmm. We we've already seen Ray like in action inside a forest setting, but we haven't exactly seen that whole water splashing Death Star ruins. Yeah, we haven't of seen the that second on. Death Star, right? Yeah, the second Death supposedly, Star supposedly. Yeah. Wait, the thing that was rising out of the water? Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. a Star Destroyer, wasn't it? No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. oh, there's another scene. Yeah. Well, let's get back to that later. But for now, yeah, 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 yeah. Talk about the Death Star. I just, I thought that they were going to try to play it safe because obviously Force Awakens took place on Jakku, which is basically a carbon copy of Tatooine, which a lot yes. of people complain about. And then in The Last Jedi, the salt planet. Hoth. Ho- no, 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 no. Yeah, well, well it's, I mean, it's it, an allusion to Hoth. Yes. Somewhat. So in the third one, I was expecting, oh, it's it's probably just going to be like on another forest moon of Endor situation. Yeah. But I did not expect the whole, you know, ruins call back to the death, the second Death Star mm-hmm. and the water. Yeah. Because you haven't really seen that on screen a lot, aside from the, when Obi-Wan Kenobi fought Jango Fett on Kamino and it was raining. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Because I just thought, like, what would a lightsaber look like in the rain or in a situation where, like, oh, water is yeah. splashing out? So it's oh, just, like, true. sizzling and stuff. So it, it it was a nice change of scenery for me. Would a lightsaber sizzle in mm-hmm. the rain? Oh, actually, I did a watch a new Rockstars video about it when yeah. they were breaking down the trailer. They put a lot of attention to detail, especially for the lightsabers, especially for that one confrontation scene with Kylo Ren and and Rey on top of one of the ruins of the Death Star. Yeah. And it's raining. You, you saw that scene. Yeah. You, if you look closely, maybe at 1080p, but I can only afford like 240. <laughs> See, Ian watches trailers not uh, in real time, but he just keeps on pressing the forward mm-hmm. button to see every frame. <laughs> hey, hey, you got you got to do that. And if you look closely, you really will see the uh-huh. lightsaber sizzle under the rain. Uh-huh. That's a lot of de- like that's actually in the film. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. go watch like, the final launch trailer again. Wow, so much attention to detail. Yeah, now nerds. <laughs> speak, speak, <laughs> which is basically you basically just called out us and everybody listening to this yeah, podcast. Yeah, I know. Here I go again, picking fights. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, speaking of little details in the trailers, with the most recent final trailer. Now, okay, I'm not gonna pretend like I fully finished all of the um, the Clone Wars mm-hmm. series. Because a lot of it in the latter parts I actually missed. But there's a thing called the Dagger of Mortis. You... Oh, yeah. Ray was holding it in one scene. In one scene in the trailer. Now, if y'all haven't seen the trailer yet, there is a scene in that trailer where you see Kylo Ren mm-hmm. and Ray smash the statue, which people are saying is potentially a The Darth... shrine where Kylo Ren puts his grandfather's helmet there. Exactly. Yeah, and they, they smash it. And as they smash it and Ray kind of turns around... On her other hand, where she's not holding a lightsaber, she's holding a little dagger. Uh-huh. And people are presuming that it's the dagger of Mortis. Now, for those people who haven't, well, or if you have seen that episode in the Clone Wars, the animated series, the dagger of Mortis was located in some kind of weird magical land. Yeah, they, they were composed of deities, right? Or gods. Yes, there were three the, of them. The, there was one that represented, uh, he was like the like father. The father. And, and the there was and the the, the mother. Uh, there was a, a a son and a daughter. The son. <laughs> the no, the they're Holy really Spirit. called like that. The Holy yeah. Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, the the son represented the dark side, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and the daughter represented the light side. Now, obviously, I mean, do we even have to spoiler alert for for the the Clone Wars? It's been it's been out for years. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it's fine. So, for the sake of people who care, though, spoiler alert, I guess, but. What happens there is that they find the dagger. Obi Wan finds the dagger of Mortis. Now, the purpose of the dagger of Mortis is that it can kill, for, like in- incredibly force powerful creatures or beings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what happens is the dark side and the light side, the, the son and the daughter, actually get into a scuffle and they fight, and the son ends up killing the the, the light side mm-hmm. daughter. This is his sister, because mm-hmm. what the um, the dagger of Mortis does. I believe the father has to stay alive because if the father is alive, they stay immortal mm-hmm. unless you kill them with a the dagger of Mortis. But when the father dies, both the light side and the dark side siblings become mortal. So what he does is he kills himself because after the son kills the daughter, it's getting really confusing. <laughs> Good okay, you know, okay, okay. How many pronouns have ba- you said? Basically, dark side, b- brother guy. Uh-huh. Right, kills sister girl with the dagger of Mortis, right? Yes. And then dad's like, oh no, you killed my daughter. Uh-huh. I'm going to make you mortal by killing myself. And I then see. Anakin kills dark side guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, where Pops out of nowhere. Yeah, no, where I'm getting into, Damn it, Anakin. where I'm getting to with this is the dagger of Mortis, people say, may be what they'll, they're going to ha- have to end up using to kill Palpatine. Because mm-hmm. the only possible way for Palpatine to be alive is either as a force ghost or he maybe he used the force somehow to, to survive that, that fall. I have something to add there because there's another alternative theory to that dagger in that mm-hmm. one scene of the trailer. Yeah. Another, okay, because in Star Wars Legends, and, you know, I'm not going to say that it's specifically canon because even though it's technically not stated as canon as of now, they still take a lot of inspiration. Like, the, the yeah. mainline canon right now, yeah, they still take of, a lot of inspiration from Legends. Yeah, because there is a lot of good stuff. Yeah, yeah, and there's this power that the Sith have that is very similar to how Voldemort stays immortal. Like, he creates Horcruxes. Horcruxes. Yeah, the oh. Sith are actually able to transfer their life force when they're dying to specific objects and relics in order to, you know, stay alive. 
or rather mm-hmm. your your spirit force okay. of some reason. So one theory for that scene is that that dagger is actually containing the life force of Emperor Palpatine and that Kylo Ren and Rey are both fighting over it. Because if you see the geography of that shot, mm-hmm. the architecture looks very reminiscent of the old original trilogy designs like you know how mm-hmm. they're okay. the the space is built the death yeah. star the yeah, the controls yeah. the panels circuits etc mm-hmm. it looks very old school and retro so it people are theorizing that it is actually a secret relic chamber in the the, the second death star oh, that they have to look okay. for that's why the final confrontation you know the the throne room the, yeah. The, the, yeah, the ruined throne room. There's a shot. There's a two shot of them, like a two shot, a wide two shot of them where okay. they're standing off, and that's the that's the Emperor's throne room. So I think it's somewhat connected, and maybe one of the reasons why Emperor Palpatine is back, at, you know, kicking business again is because yeah. of that dagger, and you know, some way of reviving him. Mm-hmm. Now I do have a question to pose to you regarding that dagger. Wait, it, the Horcruxes they were. I mean, they were, they were relatively easy to destroy. In Harry Potter, correct? No, no, wrong. actually that was a matter of convenience because it just so happened that when they were having a, a difficult time finding the Sword of Gryffindor, they they realized that it absorbed Basilisk Venom, which can kill Horcruxes. It was just all, conven- oh. it was all a matter of convenience. Okay, so, yeah. so it, it would be safe to say that it's not that easy to destroy Palpatine's dagger mumbo-jumbo. I don't think so. I mean... So how would one, like with a, with a force, what would you even call I, a I force crush? Exactly, I, I don't know. It's all just speculation. Yeah, so Malimo, it just shoots lightning at you every time you try to do It's like one of those prank pens that when you click it, it electrocutes it, 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 you. It just shocks ah. you. Well, there are so many different theories about I don't know if you've even seen, you know, did you see that leak? That there is a leak of the whole plot of mm-hmm. Rise of the Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Why? That Palpatine is the Lolo of Rey. <laughs> They say that okay. that is verbatim. Lolo <laughs> Nessie. No, and, and, and something because I I read it. I skimmed through it because I don't want to. You know, I I want to go somewhat relatively blind. I don't want to spoil myself too much. But I was intrigued to yeah. see when I saw that as kind of the hear me out here kind of thing that he's the mm-hmm. grandfather of Rey. Yeah, and he wants Rey and Kylo Ren to rule the galaxy. So as... he, he he's he's kind of helping them and ushering them in but a lot of people are speculating that are you telling me that Emperor Palpatine after all this time and and staying uh, kind of I guess behind the dormant, scenes, behind the scenes yeah. dormant for, for this long would just come back just to make sure that Rey yeah. gets to ru- ends up ruling the galaxy also what if if they are fighting over this dagger obviously Rey is trying to prevent Palpatine coming back what would Ben Solo Sorry, Kylo Ren. Yeah. What would he gain out of resurrecting Palpatine? Like, the guy is already technically the leader of the First Order at this point, unless you count Hux. Yeah. Well, okay. Let, let, let's just clarify real quick. Is the little dagger thing, considering the, the Horcrux kind of concept, do you have to use that to resurrect him? Or is he already alive no, and that's what's keeping him alive? it contains his life force, supposedly. So, so it's, not, it's not a catalyst to revive him. It is contains him. Oh, it's like Davy Jones' heart. Are kind you of, telling but, you know, this? you can't just squish the heart. You'll yeah. bleed with it. Yeah, but theor- theoretically speaking, that that's what it is. Kind of, yes. Are you telling me this dagger contains unlimited power? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> unlimited. Unlimited power. Or when he fell, he just, you know, morphed into a dagger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, so where, 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 where do you guys think, like from all the possible theories we've been throwing at, where do you think it would go, and where would you prefer it to go? 
I certainly hope that it's just not one of those throwaway things because a lot of people's fan theories got poo-pooed on like during The Last Jedi when they were all like, oh, Rey is Obi-Wan's daughter. But apparently... <laughs> Sorry, no, like, apparently you, you were nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, no, but everyone in the theater was just like, what, that's it? Like, they're not gonna add to that? Like, all this time, they could have saved it for a big family reveal, but then apparently it's nothing. They were just a bunch of nobodies. Do you believe that, though? Well, I honestly think Ryan Johnson just tried to make the entire trilogy his own now, ever since The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. Because if he tried to take the existing screenplay or plans of Abrams and tried to implement it in the second one, it wouldn't mm-hmm. feel like it was it was his own. So, you know, as yeah. a director, I would like to think that I would like to make it my own, even though I was just, maybe you could say, a replacement. Damn yeah. if you do, damn if you don't, though. Like, if you play it safe, then people are going to get mad if you try don't to take go risks, for it. Yeah, yeah, if you, yeah, if you do take risks, then people get mad. So, like, I respect the director for what he did. Yeah. It's just... No, but the thing... I, I don't. The I weird so speed bad. bump is, how do you get back to J.J. Abrams's original plan for it after The Last Jedi, especially now that he's directing the last film. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. for, for Rise of Skywalker, the Knights of Ren have a big part again. And Ryan Johnson just took it out of the last film, like, entirely. The Praetorian Guard was supposed to replace them. Yeah. I mean, they were, he, they were supposed to replace the Praetorian Guard, but that didn't happen. I gotta admit, though, the Praetorian Guards are pretty cool. Like, their weapons were pretty cool. Yeah, but they didn't look cool in Lego form. No. Have you seen them? They're so no, stubby. The, the weapons about, are bigger than them. <laughs> the thing about the Praetorian Guard, though, they looked cool. Uh-huh. But if you actually play the fight scene yeah. a little bit slower, yeah. you can tell that they're all just waiting for their turn. To oh, fight. yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's a, that's a film trope. It is, though. But, I mean, I mean watching Infinity War, that, that part where they were trying to kill Thanos. Yeah. I mean, you notice that a big chunk of it is just the characters off screen. Like waiting, waiting for the turn. Yeah, yeah. and you know the one of the Praetorian Guard. If you if you if you actually look at him, he's the guy with the um that's that sword that extends into the chain whip. Like a chain whip. Yeah. <laughs> In one scene, he's just kind of waiting and he's just twirling his sword. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't wait for my turn. The lens isn't that wide, right? <laughs> <laughs> We've been standing for nine hours a day. This yeah. is my time to shine. <laughs> Honestly, though, I mean, I just. All I'm hoping for for the rise of the Skywalker is to just have a good Star Wars movie, especially since this is supposed to be the last one of that trilogy. I feel like it's going to be rather painful, not just because of Carrie Fisher not being in this, mm-hmm. you know, now that she's here posthumously, but also because of this one theory with C-3PO. I think he gonna oh. die. Well, C-3PO. I feel like though that that might no be- no it might. I know it's a misdirection, but there's so much establishing details in the background of that sequence because mm-hmm. there's if you didn't notice it's just too bulked like there's too much background yeah, blur in is. the shot but there's actually you see a, a trade federation era of battle droid at the back yeah mm-hmm. yeah and one theory is that you know that one establishing scene in the trailer where there's a battalion of star destroyers yeah mm-hmm. apparently my th- like one of the theories i read up on reddit was it's kind of like a continuation of Palpatine's scorched earth operation from the novelization yeah, after that. that. Okay, yeah. Because Operation Cinder. There we yes. go. Yeah, where he was trying to destroy the entire empire that he built because if, if you know, if his, if his, if his empire <laughs> can't protect <laughs> the emperor, what's the point of it existing? So apparently he had like a sleeper cell kind of project or apparently, you know, according to the theory where it's just all of the, all of the past built 
Imperial Star Destroyers are actually just buried underground and have these weird little bump at the bottom of the ship now. Okay. So yeah, people are theorizing that they have their own tiny mini Death Star lasers now. Wow. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it, why there's a bump now. Yeah. If you can tell the difference. And one theory pertaining to C-3PO is that they're going to use C-3PO to integrate the same way L-337 did in, yeah, Solo, in Solo in order to... Because oh. you know how L-337 integrated into the Millennium Falcon? That's why they were able to do the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't because the Millennium Falcon was the fastest ship yeah. ever because mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's like a transport ship, right? Yeah. But it had the best navigational system because it was so unique because it, you know, the personality was owned by L337. So yeah. the theory is that C-3PO is going to integrate into some mother Imperial Star Destroyer and use those lasers against the First Order. Oh, so man. if that's a way for C-3PO to come out or, you know, to go out, it's... Literally with a bang. <laughs> what, what, well, what if he does integrate, but like he is an AI for that, that, that star destroyer? Oh well, you're the personality of the a of the of the ships is embedded in cert, in some way, but not completely. It's yeah. kind of, it's kind of like the the the. It's it's so hard to explain. There's this one scene in the original trilogy where yeah. 3PO was telling Han how his ship had the most unique dialect. And then it's so yeah. nice going back yeah. to Solo, watching a movie, like a prequel saying, it. yeah, they explain how, why it had yeah. such personality. So mm-hmm. I feel like C-3PO might yeah. you know, something related to that. So would you say if that did happen, that he would be the the, the new Millennium Falcon, like the, the Century Hulk? We, we don't know, because for one, we don't know if he is integrating into anything and uh-huh. what he's integrating into. Or if I, he's integrating if he integrates into a Death Star? <laughs> he's a Death Star now. Yeah, um. <laughs> like I, I feel like that would be the only respectable way for them to to anyway. kind of, to justify the death of C three PO. That's true. And honestly, it does look like a misdirection, but most of the fans expect that. So maybe it looking like a misdirection is a misdirection in and of itself. Or you know, maybe you already expect it, but you just want to be there for the ride. <laughs> yeah, which is probably how we're we're gonna end up seeing this film. Like we have all these theories, all these expectations, and we're just. Gonna come in and just try to have a good time with the Star Wars. Film. Something just makes me so uncomfortable with the thought of C three PO with Death Star powers. Oh my goodness gracious me! Shoots a planet. <laughs> <laughs> planet I mean, explodes. Have you seen that set photo? Well, the, that that photo from uh, Rise of the Skywalker where C three PO had red eyes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I don't know if that if that if that is indicative of maybe what's he was just happen. on something. <laughs> <laughs> So first he gets a red arm and now I mean, his eyes go You know, red. he he was made by Darth Vader. Maybe Darth Vader <laughs> programmed like an evil... Maybe he had a restraining bolt that no one could find. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know how it's so easy to find that restraining bolt yeah, on astromech yeah. droids? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Technically, he's still Darth Vader's son. I mean, oh my God. Yeah, I'm actually. just saying. I'm, that, 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 is, that, is, that is true, though. I mean, uh, I... I guess if we ever do see the death of C-3PO, I think we could always kind of relive him in all the other films, maybe even the video games. I just hope he doesn't die evil. Well, I mean, Anthony <laughs> Daniels is getting old, dude. Yeah, yeah. Dude, give the guy a break. Yeah, <laughs> you're putting him in a tin can every year. He's not a robot in real life. Does he actually, what, what, is, the, what is the Star Wars game? Battlefront? Which one? Two. Is that the most recent one? Yeah, yeah. two. Can you can you play as any of the droids? I don't think so. You can play them in Lego Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, in Lego Star Wars. Yeah, but like, do they even show up at all? Because I've seen some gameplay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You can Wait. play as this. Uh, it's not she's. It's not a famous droid, but it's sort of like a backpack on the main character, mm-hmm. and then it turns into one of those drones that float. 
The ones with the weird. Oh, isn't that, isn't that for the game that's just about to come out? Isn't that no? Is it that, it's yet? in Battlefront Two. Oh, okay. It. What is that new game that's coming out? It's Star Wars something. It's like an ex- exploring game. Star Wars Jedi. Some something like, is that is that what it's called? I think it's just called Jedi. Yeah, but well, it basically it's it, oh, we're digressing again, but it's totally fine. Yeah, it's it's kind of like have you have you all played God of War? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, no, the, the new, new one. one. The new one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's an open world game, but not quite open world per se. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yes, it's, Fallen Order. There we go. I believe there are different planets you can go to, but in each of those planets, it's actually open world. Mm. So there is a storyline you can follow. But you it's can choose a, to do these side quests first if yeah. you want to. So it's not necessarily like completely linear. That's true. Like yeah, and he and he does have a little. But then joy again, I mean, mm-hmm. the game, the game developer respawn. Yeah, respawn. Mm-hmm. They make they made Apex Legends, Titanfall. Like I mean, I feel like they can pull it off, and I've seen gameplay. It looks really good. Yeah. It looks like Knights of the Old Republic, except not but, RPG. Yeah, well, it is RPG though. No, I mean like it's more action slasher RPG than mm. than World of Warcraft. Knights of the Old Republic kind of RPG. Yeah, so definitely a departure from Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. Do you know when this is, like, what part of the timeline this is in, in, in the Star Wars continuity, the, this game? Oh, I'd like to think, like, Old Republic type, no? Yeah, so, I mean, we, we probably mean Star Wars Jedi? Like, Fallen the, Order? The new type one, of? yeah. Oh, no, I don't think it's Old Republic. Oh, it's sorry, it's set after a few years after Re- Revenge of the Sith. Oh, okay, so it's before A New Hope. <laughs> like way before a new hope. Yeah, so I, I guess we, we we might still see a little bit of C three PO there. You think you think we're gonna maybe get no because it's about one. Let the guy die, man. No, no, it's, <laughs> about, it's, <laughs> it's about one Padawan that's just underrun from Order sixty six. That's pretty yeah. much it. No, I mean I just I just want to find other ways to maybe be able to see him again and just relive it if he does die. Mm-hmm. Now this game actually is in in third person point of view, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Andre. You see that segue? Is this a segue? It's a really good segue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my so god, Ian! Look, he's doing a segue. He's doing a segue. <laughs> oh my god! So it is. It is in third person point of view, yes. right? And I'm, and I'm sure y'all know what third person point of view is in a video game. It's it is kind of it's like over the shoulder. Exactly. Sometimes a little further. Sometimes a little closer. Mm-hmm. So but but the point is, you can see the, your characters. Body. I was gonna say figure for some reason. <laughs> Body or like character model oh, yeah. on the screen. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Now there is also the first person point of view game, uh-huh. which you see through your character's eyes. Now there is obviously everybody knows the the older version when they're experimenting with it, where it looks like Doom, where your gun is coming out of your chest. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, but obviously throughout the years it has it has gotten better. But of course, as as many people would know, and a lot of people have wondered, if there's a first person point of view game. And there's a third-person point-of-view game. What is a second-person point-of-view game? Uh-huh. Okay. Before, before I get <laughs> into it, now... my interest. Ian actually has seen... Yeah, I've actually seen what, this, too. Yeah, what I'm talking about. It was just like a about. mind link for a second. Like exactly. Just Drake just asked it off the scene. Now, since, Migs, you have no idea... I have no idea. ...what it's supposed to be, I want you to try to explain to me what you think a second-person second point-of-view game should look like given okay. the context of what first person okay. and third person point of okay. view is i'll give you a clue use grammar as any kind of inkling grammar yeah you know how in grammar it's first person when you're referring to yourself first person uh-huh. third person and second person second person is come on Migs, don't just don't <laughs> wait what was the question again i in, kind of in terms up. of grammar the grammar oh you mean in conversation yeah, in yeah conversation. okay like right now Dre, i'm talking to you Yes, that's first person. Although I did refer to you as Dre. So anyway, so let's say if I ask you about your day, how was your day? It was great. That's second person. You're talking to someone directly. 
Ah, like I the, see. And then the third person is Migs is very hungry right now. Exactly. Okay. I don't get Where it. Where the context is, you're talking about someone. Okay. Third Hear me out. This is how second game. Second, <laughs> second, second game. Second, second game. Second gaming. This is how second gaming person works. Okay. Okay. Half the screen is the left eye of the person that you are playing as. Okay. The other half of the screen is in the sky as an eagle eye. How close did I get? You know what? I mean, it's, it's not it's too not bad. too bad. Like you do have you have an eye an idea. Okay, so do you want to lay it? Do you want to lay it down for Migs? Okay, now obviously there isn't a specific or an official description of a second person point of view uh-huh. kind of game. But the closest that we've ever kind of been able to akin it to. It's from a game I think released in 2015. I think a little before that. I'm not. Yeah, a little close. We're gonna we're gonna try to have our team look into that. And by team, I mean Ian and his laptop. <laughs> <laughs> Go team. Yeah. Go. So Go. 2012. 2012. 2012. And it's yeah. a game called Driver San, San Francisco. Francisco. Now I'm gonna give you a little bit of a concept or synopsis of what the game, what you can do in the game. All right. Your character can possess other people, mm-hmm. but <laughs> okay, only if they're driving. <laughs> okay, okay, Mig. So you have to understand the context of the story. Uh-huh. So the it, the protagonist stars is an FBI agent, an undercover yes. FBI agent, and he possesses that power of possessing other people, but only when they're driving. Uh-huh. So he goes undercover for this cartel sort of group yeah. where he acts as a driver or like a like a hitman for like them. A, yeah. But it comes to a point where in the mission you're acting as the guy you're possessing undercover. Uh-huh. And let's you, give them names so it's easier to remember. So let's say what's what's uh what's the dude's name? Let's just call him Bob. So okay. <laughs> Bob is the main character. I mean I hope we don't get And any- he's possessing a guy named Fred. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who okay. is part of the said cartel. Yes. Okay. Now it comes to a point in the game where as Fred He's with his superior in the same car, and he's they're on the way to do a hit on someone. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that car is you currently in an, in that car possessing Fred. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> for context, your car is an orange Mustang. Okay. Right. So what he did again. So Bob possesses Fred, and throughout a couple of months, he worked his way up into that cartel to be like the best driver for that cartel mm-hmm. as Fred. So he gets into a car. It seems like an, an, uh, just the regular old hit, and he's like, "Who's who's our hit? I'll let you know. Just drive." That's what that's what the the higher up tells him. Mm-hmm. So as you're driving through, she says, "That's that's it. We're coming up on on our hit." And you see, it's your car, and you're like, what? "It's it's you, Bob, possessing, and currently possessing Fred." Yeah, you're just parked in a side. Yeah. So at this point, it's still kind of a, a third person point of view it's more of a cutscene, uh-huh. but it goes into this weird kind of second person point of view when you're seeing a- out of fred's eyes yes so as a first person driving yes as as i mean if you've played any kind of driving game uh-huh. it's basically the steering wheel, steering wheel the your windshield hands. your hands yeah and you start moving the controller and you realize that you're controlling the car you're following i see the orange car that is fascinating and somehow the developers Figure out a way for the AI, which is Fred, to just follow your movements uh-huh. as the orange car. Who the hell came up with this? So <laughs> you're seeing yourself. You're controlling your character, yes. but you're seeing it happen from a yeah. different person's point of view. Yeah, I, I see. Hence making it a potential second-person point of view <laughs> game. 
like really. I mean, you're gonna have to <laughs> <laughs> case closed. <laughs> no, but you're gonna have to come up with some Deus Ex Machina or like a really, no, really the, in weird essence, quirk. the game design is rather restrictive because you have to put a lot of parameters so that people don't end up breaking the mechanic. Exactly. We <laughs> to the contrary, though. The guy that that kind of figured this, this out and really thought about second-person point of view games with this in context, he wanted to see how far he could take it mm-hmm. if he was limited, if the developers just limited him just that one mission. So what he did was, when the mission started, right before the start of the, I guess, the, the, the race kind of thing, he turns his car around uh-huh. and goes the other way. Uh-huh. And he figures out that the entire open-world game is still open to him, but from that second-person point of view. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you so all the assets are loaded. The entire world, the entire open world, is still there. Damn. But the camera is just locked there. You can still manipulate it. Yeah. Like that. So you could theoretically perpetually play in second-person point of view. But the thing is, your car does have a life bar. So once your car gets enough damage, just like in, in GTA, it blows up, and then the the mission starts over. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. Now, with that context in mind, how? What do you can you think of any other possible way that this is actually a feasible point of view? No, for a game. <laughs> that's no, that's what I was saying. Like, you're gonna have to come up with some really interesting quirk to be able to pull this like dynamic off. Yeah, like the guy has a power, right? Yeah, which is to possess a person driving. Exactly. What are the limitations to that? And where else can that where, where else can that be applied aside from other games that are just like this one? No. I, I, I don't see, like, for example, like a war game. Mm-hmm. How are you gonna go into two, to, uh, to second person if you're fighting in a battlefield against another soldier, but then you're also controlling the soldier? But then you can ask Bob. Hear me out. Hear me out. I have I have an idea. Now, what if maybe you're you're the guy who's like a prisoner of war, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're being rescued by uh-huh. a soldier, but you're seeing out of the eyes of the prisoner of war. So like, sen- so like sensate. Kind of, sort of, yeah. I heard you, and now I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) No, I guess, if you really think about it, second-person point of view is basically a third-person point of view, but with hands on the screen. (laughs) So (laughs) first-person Yeah, yeah, it's first-person, yeah, well, it's first-person point of view, but your control's are as though it's third person. This is just getting really confusing. Yeah. No, but like, you get you get me though, right? Yeah, Cuz yeah. uh, the whole context of it is you you just you can see the thing you're controlling. Yeah. Uh-huh. But with, through the illusion of a first person point of view of a different character. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I guess uh, Migs is right. There is no feasible way to make it to make it have any sense or and, to use it in an actual, yeah, you know, base core it. game yeah. mechanic. Yeah. I would imagine at best these are things that we could see as part of mm-hmm. other games, like, I mean, as elements like, of other yeah, games, like yeah, like maybe a mission, like or, or like a mini game. You know those mini games where you have to like do a little task and then mm-hmm. go back to the main gameplay. Yeah, I think those are the only feasible ways of doing it. But as the primary point of view for a game, I don't think it's feasible at all. And people just get annoyed of it. Like it's just there's no reason to do it. Possibly, and and at because it's it's one of those things that I think is a very kind of not novel thing that. If you use it for the entire game, it kind of loses its... In fact, people just get annoyed by it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where you come into a mission, you're like, hmm, I never thought I'd see this kind of... Whoa, this is, this is kind of trippy. Yeah, it's, it does sound very trippy. Exactly. Like, I, I pulled up the gameplay on my screen, and like it just looks like a normal driving game. 
Yeah. But like you guys explaining this to me, it's okay then. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the the context and and the plot of it, the powers thing, is what kind of elevates the game. I mean, it's honestly it's a pretty decent game. It has pretty good reviews. It looks yeah. like it came out. You said that this was 2012. 2012. So yeah. on 360 and PS3. Uh-huh. Yeah. The graphics don't look very 2012, though. They look they more look like 2005. Like yeah, wow, but thanks, Migs. <laughs> no. you try designing a game, Migs. <laughs> I didn't mean it. Now, here I go yeah, again. Who, Gary's mod. Who's the uh, developer Gary's of this game? Mod. Of, of yeah. Driver San Francisco? I don't think it's a triple-A game, per se. Like, what? Not at no, all. no, no. It's made by... Yeah, I don't... Say, but it's a Ubisoft game. Oh, well, there we go. But <laughs> Wow, ooh, Migs picking a fight with everyone. <laughs> I'm not picking a fight. I, I swear I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. Ubisoft, I love if Ubisoft. You're, if you're listening, we love you. Yeah, you I love Assassin's Creed. You can, you can sponsor us. I love you. Halo. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> but, okay. yeah, I, I would say, you know, the funny thing is, after a, a, few, a, a few months after this video's release, mm-hmm. I think, talking about second-person point of view, the, 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 people were trying to download the game, but apparently it's undownloadable now. You can only torrent it. You can't mm-hmm. officially download oh, yeah, it on yeah, Steam yeah. or so anywhere anymore. Do it the illegal or way. you know, no, yeah. or you can find an old retail copy. Of yeah, it. like there was a petition signed for like a hundred over a hundred thousand signatures, but Ubisoft doesn't care, so hmm. they don't want to. Uh, make the game available again. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess I would definitely seeing this. It does open open me up to like the ideas of the po- the possibilities that mm-hmm. this could kind of give you. And I really hope that we see more of this in in future games. Yeah. Ubisoft, you made a masterpiece. Please make more games like this, or make a exactly. Sequel. I mean, you know, as long as this, as there's appreciation of the art form, video yeah. games will always exist. Speaking of art form, though, that segue. Okay, yeah. I, was, I was about to help you segue. Actually, was that another segue? Yeah. Oh my god, Yo. it was another segue. Segues left and right. Uh, <laughs> I need like a segue. Cue segue the, the vehicle segue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just gonna go, go try, trying to help you with a segue. Like, like you know, like it, what, it's it's so trippy. It's like something you'd see with the with the, with like a matrix. With the with the. Oh, I was actually gonna do that for a later bit, but I was. Oh, gonna, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, no. You ruined it, Dre. It's <laughs> okay. Good thing I opened it up first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so speaking of art form, though, I'm more in tune with current social events pertaining to the MCU, Kevin Feige, and old Hollywood. There's actually no way to... I don't know how to segue it, so I'm just going to state the entire topic for this segment. Yeah, okay. So, man, my monitor is really loud. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Yeah, all right. What, what's, what's, our next, what's our next case, Ian? Okay, so our next case is... I will open up the table with this question, or rather this prompt. Mm-hmm. Do you think Marvel movies are cinema? Are Marvel movies... Okay. I'm a film okay, so student, I'll, so like... I should give a little background first. Okay, so recently, when asked about the Marvel movies, Martin Scorsese actually said in an interview that, you know, he's tried to watch them, but he couldn't. It's just not cinema. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that, the, that interview has been out for maybe a week or so, maybe a, f- a week or two, mm-hmm. and... As of this week, there was another interview by Francis Coppola, director of, you know, The Godfather, yeah. Apocalypse Now. Yes. Man, that movie. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Having flashbacks. Okay, so he also said that based on Martin Scorsese's interview, he's, uh, he was actually being too kind to say that it was in cinema because he thought it was despicable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he said it was verbatim despicable. Right. No, actually, rather, he said that I should probably look up 
the, you want to do a verbatim quote? Yeah, right yeah, yeah. He didn't say it's despicable, which I just say it is. Oh, sheesh. Yeah. That's harsh. Okay. Exactly. Ow. Sorry. Should have just. you heard that? Ian just smacked his elbow. One on. Ian's were harmed in the making of this podcast. <laughs> okay. So, with that, with this back, with this context given, do you think Marvel movies are cinema? Okay, to give context to those listening to Geek PD, two of the members of Geek PD are actually film people, well, com arts and a film major. And uh, the other one's a chef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and John Favreau has like a Netflix series. Uh, well, okay, if it, if, if it means anything, I used to be an economics and accounting major. So, if you guys want a hint on who the chef is, here's a hint. He's the one that smells like chicken. <laughs> <laughs> they can't smell they can't. me through the. I mean. The person through the podcast, I just said it was me. Yeah, yeah I'm can, the chef. Through their so headsets. Ian is a commerce major and Migs is a film major. So I actually, do you want to do you want to delve into your guys' point of view to what film is or should you take it from, you want to hear my point of view if, first? If, if you yeah. ask us to do that, we're going to be here until tomorrow. So <laughs> maybe you should, yeah. you should start it off, Drake. Okay, yeah. now for me, uh, in, in, for the longest time, I've just watched films as... A casual, I mean, a, mm-hmm. a, a filthy casual, you know, as, as people would call us. Yeah. No, it, well, that's mostly I mean, used for, for, for video games, those, mm-hmm. those casuals. Anyways, so I would watch films without really thinking about whether it was a good film or a bad film. I just saw them as films. To me, all of them were films because back to, to me, the, the effort was put into making them. The production was there. The thought was there. The passion was there. But half the time, it was just the, mo- most of the what people would consider as bad films, it just kind of felt short in execution. Mm-hmm. But that, I think, even bad films are still films. Now, in the, in the future, or I guess me now, obviously, you know, having you guys a- as my best friends, and hey, Aww. yeah, no, <laughs> and, you know, it, it really, I, and, and I guess with the maturity like, that I get throughout the years, I start seeing films and appreciating films more. Like I, I now appreciate good films as good films. Like I can see what makes good films good films, mm-hmm. and I can watch films like I don't know R.I.P.D. If you've seen R.I.P.D., it's, no. uh, it's or it's, The Meg Dre. Yeah. Hey, hey, or or Age of Extinction. Why would you have to drag me down with you? <laughs> yes, Meg. okay, okay, no, that's a that's a that's a good example. Meg would Jason Statham. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't. It was a pretty bad film altogether. It's a megalodon. It's it's a megalodon. But oh, for a bowl of soup. But you know, it's one of those things where I see some films where I just I go into it with the mindset I'm just coming in here to enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. Like it's a film that I want to come out and it's like you know what? It wasn't a particularly great film that I'm going to rave about. Like there's there weren't any deep messages or things to uncover. <laughs> all these Easter eggs. What? The Meg is such a philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, I, I came out of like say movies like The Meg, genuinely enjoy. Uh, granted, it was just one of the only other films left on the plane that I haven't watched yet, <laughs> so I figured why not. But I finished it like I don't. I would say that I didn't feel like it was a complete waste of my time. Now, of course, there are films, and I really hate mentioning because I don't like uh, acknowledging its existence. Fant Four Stick. Otherwise mm-hmm. known as that Fantastic Four movie with Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, nobody in, in the Marvel fandom wants to even acknowledge the existence of that film. I haven't of, even seen it yet. You don't have to. It's a, <laughs> that was one of the films that I, after, the, after watching it, and 
I didn't even see it in, in the movies, uh-huh. in, in the cinema, rather. Uh-huh. And I genuinely felt like those, how, how long was it, like an hour, an hour and a half? Two hours, I, maybe? I, I, like, those were, I said to that's two hours of my life I'm not getting back. <laughs> like, I genuinely regretted even <laughs> attempting to watch it. Damn. But, but even <laughs> then, I uh-huh. consider it a bad film. Albeit a bad film, uh-huh. but a film nevertheless. Okay, no, but we have to re- reestablish what we mean by cinema, though. Because whether or not a film is good or bad, whether you call it a movie or a film, yeah, if it's representative of an art form instead of like a product of commercialism mm-hmm. or, or capitalism, whether or not it's bad, you would still say that it, it is representative of the art form. Yes. Or, you know, it's, it was an, there was an effort yeah. Yeah. So, whether or not it's a bad or a good film, do you think Mar? You know, Marvel movies are they, let's say, to be more specific, representative of a of of the art form of cinema? Okay. You know what? In that in that pretense, with that pretense in that context, cinema represents an art form. Art is very subjective. So, to any other person, if they see it as art, then I guess to them it is cinema. If I may interject, because like some people even argue that film, the word film, it's called a film if it's an art, if it's for art. Okay. And then it's called a movie if it's an easy cash grab. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not what we were taught. I am not. I'm not saying that we were taught in film mm-hmm. school to think that way. But yeah. a lot of people argue with that in mind. But if you're making a movie, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but common sense, it, recreating reality on screen and getting it on camera costs money. Mm-hmm. So eventually, you're going to have to get money back. So of course, it's going to be for money. But you can't even you can't exactly categorize movies that are easy cash grabs because it is subjective. Yeah, and you can't you can't even generalize Marvel movies as Marvel movies because all of them are different movies. Yes. Like, for example, Winter Soldier was a spy film. Um, Ant-Man was a heist film. Yeah, and Thor Ragnarok was just <laughs> its, its own... It's it's a, a, a YTD film. Yeah, but it was good. Yeah. Like, it's a good kind of buddy cop film. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a road trip film between Thor and Hulk. So all of them are different genres. You can't exactly, like, chalk it all up to just because this yeah. character is in this movie, it's a Marvel movie. Exactly. You know I mean? Okay, yeah. so let me rephrase the prompt then. Do you think the statements made about the Marvel movies are a little unsanctioned or from you know, from Scorsese and and Coppola? Hundred percent. If I look at them objectively, then like, yeah, sure, I agree. But like, if you put it in the context of Scorsese and Coppola, like, I have much respect for them mm-hmm. as directors. I mean, yeah, I, we love their movies. Yeah. But my argument would be. I feel like it's just a repetition of history because during the time where Western movies were the were the epitome of what cinema was during the early 20s and 30s, mm-hmm. you'd have yeah. these newcomers like Coppola and Scorsese making gangster films that people thought were too violent yes. and you know were trash because there was you know there was no substance to their movies. Yeah, and exactly. imagine them transforming that storytelling landscape, making movies what they are today. You know that Godfather yeah, like, wasn't uh, wasn't allowed to be screened here in the Philippines mm-hmm. for a time. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, Apocalypse exactly. Now, like, it was X-rated. And, exactly. I'm, and I'm sure back then those people making Western movies thought and said the same thing about Coppola and Scorsese. That's true, exactly. Like yeah. that's what happened to them, and they got a lot of backlash too. Yeah. And even James Gunn made made it personal. He went to Instagram. That's like the 2019 equivalent Ooh. to yeah. to oh, I'ma spill your tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he did a. It was actually a very touching post. He did a, a screen cap. Yeah, it was an Instagram post. He did it. He did. A, he did a screen cap of Groot and 
Rocket in mm-hmm. that scene of the first Guardians when they yeah. were in bundled up before they what died. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he said many of our grandfathers thought all, that all gangster movies were the same, often calling them despicable. Some of our great grandfathers thought the same of westerns and believed that the films of John Ford, Sam Pekinpa, and Sergio Leone were all exactly the same. And you know he remembers his great uncle to whom he was raving about Star Wars. He responded by saying, "I saw that when it was called 2001, and boy, was it boring." So people just have a lot of mm-hmm. of different perspectives and how they they view cinema. But I don't think it's good, or I don't think it's a nice thing to be so close-minded and to be less collaborative of of the medium. Yeah, and to say that it's not cinema because when you like what Robert Downey said in that one radio interview with. Mm-hmm. Um, Forgot his name. He's a one. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you enter the when you enter the competition with such a huge stomp on your foot, yeah, like it's and you make that big of an impact. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you expect other people to react, especially when Capola and I'm not going to assume anything. Yeah, especially when they're having, let's say, Scorsese. He's having a hard time. He had a hard time finding his latest films, The Irishman, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And because statistically, most executive producers say that your movie might not sell as well if it's not adopted from some source material. Yeah, like which, comic books. Yeah, which exactly. is a, it's a very popular thing to do now. Most fa- fa- good films or series right now are all adaptations. Yeah, or unless, you know, m- you make a universe out of, you make a franchise out of your movies. Exactly, because everybody wants to see their, their favorite thing put on the silver screen or, or a live action version of it. Yeah, and Coppola is one to talk. I mean, he he literally interpreted The Godfather, the, the novel, into a into a movie. You'd think that he would, exactly. he would know the struggle yeah. of already taking a story that already exists. We all know about the super soldier that was frozen on ice mm-hmm. or, the, or the doctor that was hit by gamma rays. We know these characters have existed for a long time. And then yeah. seeing them on the big screen just makes these characters real. I'm not yeah. saying that it's for the kids that you know, watch these movies and, you know, see superheroes. I'm saying that it does take a lot of skill and money mm-hmm. <laughs> to create yeah. superheroes. Yeah, and to do them right. Yeah, and to do them justice. I mean, God knows we got things like Fan Stick, Daredevil, <laughs> the, the Ben Affleck one, <laughs> yeah, mind you. And, you know, all of these successful movies and franchises – they shouldn't belittle the creative achievements of Scorsese yeah. and Coppola because they have to realize, or you know, unless they, they have and they just don't <laughs> want to admit it, yeah. is that these evolutions in storytelling and mm-hmm. these movies are because of them. Yeah. yeah like it evolved of because of them, because they were the pioneers prior to this era. And it's just going to keep on going. Yeah. I mean, and people are still going to make movies. And no matter what they say, come on, Disney still has a lot of money. Hell yeah. <laughs> this is just a fraction gonna, of what they make from these, their theme parks. These movies yeah. are still going to make money. And, and nobody's not going to go to a Avengers theme theme park, w- even if uh, Coppola says, yeah. exactly. you know, these movies oh, sucks. And speaking of Disney, though, I'm so excited because, you know, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Mm-hmm. The main, the, this standalone Star Wars theme park mm-hmm. made by Disney that's actually a narrative experience, which is part of the mainline canon. Like, the actual oh. amusement park is part of the, the canon. I yeah. just forgot which place in the timeline. But the entire thing is like a narrative experience where you go through it. But it's, it's kind of like Disneyland. Yeah. But there's a more linear story to it. And mm-hmm. you experience it like a long-ass ride. Would you say that that is cinema? No, I would like to say that cinema lives cinema here. Cinema nowadays points at chest. 
<laughs> I like to say that cinema nowadays is much more now. It's, it's much more than what it is before. It exactly. provides an experience that keeps you in constant anticipation yeah. and excitement. And I guess there are certain aspects that are very commercialized now, like mm-hmm. how MCU movies have popularized post-credits films. Like, yeah. you know that Hobbs and Shaw film? Mm, the dude. recent one? Dude, yeah. there were four post-credits there. Like, people don't... <laughs> there are four post-credits <laughs> scenes in that movie. And people... Sometimes you just think, okay, are people just cashing in now? <laughs> exactly. So people, would you think that people are just cashing in on these movies now? Or is it, you know, is it being a gray area now? Is it... Well, is art also transforming into something very intertwined with money? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me started on Hobbs and Shaw because, I mean, I have some... A lot to say about that film. I mean, let me just kind of dip. I mean, maybe we can talk about another show, but let me just dip your toes a little bit. I'm just a little frustrated. I'm a lot. No, I'm a lot frustrated at the fact that did everybody just forget that that Shaw killed Han? What? <laughs> <laughs> why is, every, is everybody okay with that? Hey, man. He's family. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess bouncing Dude, off it's been of, like ten years since Tokyo Drift, right? So. Just, <laughs> I mean, Forget I guess trying to bounce off of how, what you said about cinema, I guess we just got to go back to what cinema's purpose is, which is to excite people, to tell a story, and th- there's usually a target market for it. Now, if you're if you tick those boxes, I I guess that's that that makes it cinema. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got a target market, you present what you want to present to them, and they like it, you do it well, then you're good. Mm-hmm. Well, from a galaxy far, far away, all the way to second person video gaming <laughs> which is apparently a thing how about we go into the outer planes of Faerun Dungeons and Dragons is coming up with their newest edition fifth ed- no has come up with their newest edition fifth edition mm-hmm. and it is so different from seasoned players who have played 3.5 and we don't talk about the fourth edition <laughs> we just don't talk about nobody it nobody cares about fourth edition yeah well okay granted the one good thing I would say that is in 4E is mm-hmm. Eberron Mm-hmm. Which I, t- I feel anybody listening to us right now, yeah, dorks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But now is a great time for people to get into Dungeons and Dragons, especially mm-hmm. since Stranger Things has, made, has you know resurfaced. Oh, yeah. it. A lot of people are going, hmm, what are those kids playing? Like, why do why do they need someone to describe the scenario and why, what's all the dice for? Mm-hmm. If you guys are want are are willing to partake in such an immersive tabletop role-playing game then maybe the first steps that you can take is to watch some movies and some series that have dungeons and dragons such as harmon quest uh, yes which is basically an ongoing game of dungeons and drag a campaign of dungeons and dragons that they animate there's mm-hmm. also critical role critical role the critical role i would say is Granted, it kind of became a meme in and of itself mm-hmm. because Critical Role started off obviously uh, in lower production, mm-hmm. but it's become much, much more high production That's now. That's true. And mm-hmm. gra- dude, all the whole cast and the Dungeon Master, they're all voice actors from a lot. The Dungeon Master is McCree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Hanu. It's Hanu. Matthew Mercer is amazing. He even yeah. came up with his own subclasses for Fighter, which is the. Yes. Now I'm getting geeky. <laughs> the gunslinger. <laughs> like the gunslinger. And, and there's also the class, the uh, blood hunter. Yeah, the blood hunter, which you are. If I'm yeah, for, for, <laughs> for my play group with these boys, it's the blood hunter. Very, very uh-huh. good class. And although, I mean, uh, I, I would rec- definitely recommend Critical Role. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it has a tendency to set expectations a little high. Mm-hmm. That's true. Also, and it's very overwhelming at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that it, it definitely had that effect on me. 
that I've seen some other YouTube channels that, that are trying to do their own thing. But because I'm so used to these voice actors giving and it the their 100%. quality of dude, their show. I mean, for me, even beyond that, I don't mind it to be in a janky-ass room with just around like a, a circle t- a plastic table monoblock chairs but just <laughs> thanks Dre sorry huh? sorry no. I can't afford that sheesh man no it's just the way that the, the, the accents that they do and okay. the commitment they do That's to the true. role playing mm-hmm. because they're voice actors and they do that for a living Mm-hmm. It really does immerse you, and again, that's what D and D is. Yeah, that's do true. not do not let their voice acting skills like sort of disen- yeah. uh, you know scare you. Yeah, because you don't necessarily have to do the voices. It's a communal game, and the reason why is because you have fun with the people that you were playing it exactly. with. Exactly, the mm-hmm. game is just as good as the people that you play with. Exactly. So for the seasoned players out there who are you know three point five purists. There are a lot of things that you have to take into consideration when shifting to the 5th edition and also for the new players. So there are general skills, which means that (laughs) (laughs) instead instead of having one entire page full of skills that you can do. Yeah, I mean, let's let's give reference to those people who have never seen a 3... Again, well, just for for, for context, we're going to refer to these editions as 3.5e as for for 3.5 edition. and 5e for fifth edition just mm-hmm. to make things a little bit easier to say yeah. down the road 3.5 for those people who haven't played 3.5e for the skills it it was its own sheet yeah exactly there's you know there's swim there's decipher script there is climb there's like climb rope if i'm not mistaken yeah but now it is just all boiled down into one small section of your sheet so some skills such as swim can be chalked up to a general skill called athletics Yes, that's true. And there's others that is like resisting poison can be chalked up to constitution yeah. or survival. Yeah. Although constitution is not a skill, it's an ability. Yeah, yeah, it's an ability. Yeah. But if you're making a constitution save, saving throw, yeah, you're yeah. saving throws. And then there are three actions now that you do in battle. It's not like in 3.5 where you oh god, you just basically say you everything just that how happens. how menial and, everything is in 3.5. Yeah, uh, yeah, dude. But it was so fun. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad and I'm lucky that I was like my first experience with Dungeons and Dragons mm. was 3.5, so I'm able to appreciate how much more condensed and to the point 5e is. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I feel so overwhelmed looking into the, the 3.5e manual. Yeah, but again, as, as Mick said, it was definitely a good experience. It's just, it's much easier to play 5e. And why we're talking about this now is 5e makes it so much easier for people to just go get in into and, it. Exactly. exactly. So for the people that are about to get into it, you have to remember the two components of playing the actual game. There's the role-playing, in which you see the voice acting and the interactions between NPCs mm-hmm. and you, and then there's the battle phase, Yes. which is once you engage into a, you know, like, like basically bumping into a Pokemon in grass. Mm-hmm. You know, that actually is a great example of what mm-hmm. D&D can be for those people who don't really understand what we're talking about. I guess the role-playing stage is you walking around and mm-hmm. then in Pokemon and then you go into the grass yeah. and that's the battle phase. And then it changes into the battle phase. Or literally Skyrim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when the battle phase ends, you, you go about role-playing once again. Yes. That's true. So the three things that you can do in a battle is to move, that's one. Mm-hmm. Do your action, which is attacking or spell casting. Yeah. Or any other thing that your dungeon master would deem as an action. Mm-hmm. Let's sure. say if you want to... If, if one of your guildmates is down and you want to feed them a potion, yes, you ask your dungeon master, 
can I feed him feed him a potion? Yeah. And he would maybe say, yes, but that's going to cost your action. But it also depends on the situation. Say you were already holding the potion and mm. the person that's passed out is directly in front of you. Yeah. I don't think that would cast an action. Yeah, but again, for, for, a, for a basic kind of thing, the basic actions would mm. be attacking or casting a spell. And then the third one is interacting with an object, which means mm. basically you can... Communicate. You can. What was that? He I interacted with an object. <laughs> Grenade. That was, that was actually interacting with an object. Drops phone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can interact with an object, which means you can ring a bell, or you can communicate with your friend, or you can tell that guard standing by to do his job and attack. And then, of course, the one of the main differences also from 3.5 and 5e is that there is no more fortitude, reflex, and will saves. Can you please orient me on that? Because oh, okay. as a player who just got into 5e originally... Yes. Say, okay. for example, you interact with a vase. The vase is glowing. It has yellow smoke. I'm going to touch it. It's glowing. So, <laughs> <laughs> so say you want to touch it, okay. but you didn't know that that vase was enchanted. Suddenly, you get hit by a spell. You have to roll for a will save, which is basically an inner battle of willpower mm-hmm. to see if your body wi- has enough willpower. So to the, the equivalent of that would be like what a constitutional saving throw. Yes. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Okay. They it's basically again, as as we've mentioned, what five e is. It's a much, it's a much more, more condensed version. It's an easier to play. Yeah. Because okay. the thing with three point five is they split everything up into very very specific things. Mm-hmm. Again, there is what we now know in five e as just a performance check. There was dance, sing. Okay. So it's like the, they, they, you'd have to only be good at okay. one of those things mm-hmm. as, uh, as okay. opposed to just being good, having a high performance stat, which then, I mean, if you try to sing or dance, if you roll, it, you have a it's, higher plus. Okay, yeah. There in, in 3.5e, you'd have to choose. Do I want to be better at singing okay. or dancing? I could see pros and cons for either side. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And there's also the reflex save where instead of a goblin aiming for your dexterity, you have to roll a reflex save against the arrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what? So you're just neck on neck to the arrow. Yeah, you. it's you against the thing that you have to reflex against. So it's, it's really, it's, yeah. it's, it's really so I mean, much better now. How do you even dexterity. casually, as a DM, say that as a scenario? <laughs> it sucks because you're just walking down and, and then the DM goes, oh, roll for a reflex save. There's an arrow. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, it it sounds funny in that context, but in five E, it's just you just know when somebody when the DM goes, "Can you make me a dexterity saving throw?" Okay, yeah, and yeah, you're like, and you roll "Oh it. no, why?" Yeah, yeah, and it's like, like just make me one, and so then there's more panache. Exactly. So it's it's just again very much more condensed. So anything that would require a dexterity saving throw, anything that needs your dexterity to dodge, okay, it's just a dexterity saving throw. Okay. So for all the people out there who want to try out D&D, there are so many online communities out there that Ooh, are yeah. for official game players where if you want to go under a registered dungeon master, then you may for the Adventures League. And then for the people yeah. that want to do the homebrew, homebrew stuff, okay. there's let's, also that. Let's define it real quick just for the people. Okay, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Adventures League. Adventures League is a community of Dungeons and Dragons players that have registered uh, dungeon masters, and they go by seasons. Every season, think of it as like a DLC pack Mm -hmm. for a video game, where they change the rules in some way. For example, Mm -hmm. like updates. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like for example, you can't carry X amount of weapons anymore, or you can't go to this outer uh, to this plane of the story because there is lore in D&D for those who are Yeah, a lot of lore. Yeah, you can't go through this campaign if you haven't gone through this campaign yet. And also, 
the nice thing about this is that you can carry on the levels that you gain as a character and to items. different DMs and items to. So you'd DMs. say it's standardized. Yeah. Yes. That's why you have to have a registered Adventures League dungeon master yeah, internationally. True. It's standardized internationally. Yeah. Now my main problem with Adventures League. Is now it, I guess is it I'm the not, point by yeah, system. No, not not even that. I'm not. I'm not. I guess I'm not dissing on people who like AL. Like, let's just mm-hmm. refer to it as that. It's easier yeah, that way. AL. I I don't diss on people if if they like it. Sure, mm-hmm. I mean I I see the charm mm-hmm. of being able to just standardize everything and transfer your character and you can to hop any kind around of a, yeah. to different mm-hmm. play groups. Yeah. That's cool. But the thing about adventures like or AL is that all of the stories are you, you only play the hard and bounds. modules. Yeah, they're they're the same modules. Yeah. Over and so over. for people who don't know what what hard bounds or modules are, they're basically pre written quests, That's quest true. lines that are of course licensed by Wizards of the Coast. Mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons with kids. Yeah, and you you can you Wizards. can buy them at. Uh, you, I mean, there are places you can fully booked. There are actually yeah. a lot of. There are a lot of online resources yeah. as well. It's, it's very yeah. easy to find, but uh, an easy way here in the Philippines to find them is at fully booked. Or, they definitely sell a bunch yeah. of these, and actually, it's just, most bookstores. Yeah, here, yeah. And the thing about AL Dungeon Masters, because of that, and because of the nature of AL, it feels very constrained. So the creative the creativity is kind of restrictive. Exactly. Or your outlet, rather. Yeah, and. Usually, I mean, from a person that's mostly play, I've only ever played one AL quest, and uh-huh. now it's with okay. you guys too. Yeah. Uh-huh. And from somebody who started playing homebrew, and just the amount of crazy things that can happen isn't as much compared to homebrew. Yeah, yeah and yeah, it's yeah. just that. I mean, I guess it, at this point, it becomes a question of is if your DM is okay with it. But in homebrew, DMs generally are just they they for the most part they allow you to explore the world, and it I mean. He can mention that maybe there's a donut on the countertop, and it could mean nothing. I mean, you can arcana check like, it if you I want. I want to arcana check that donut. <laughs> I want to interact with this donut. Is yeah. the jelly feeling enchanted? Yeah, and, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and things like that. But the thing is, with AL, it just it feels okay. Here's here's a better way for, for people to understand what I mean. Mm-hmm. For people who like uh, video games with a linear story, mm-hmm. you're gonna like AL, yeah. Adventures League. Okay. For people who like open world games where you can do what you want, interact people. I mean, you could, I don't mm. kill a chicken like in Skyrim yeah. just because. Yeah. Then you're gonna prefer homebrew. Yeah. Now, if you're a person who likes playing both, then I'm sure you could find a way. Migs does play both mm-hmm. AL and homebrew. Yes. So he made his character. He made an AL legal version and a homebrew version, so he can play both. Oh man, yeah. don't don't yeah. look at his homebrew version. Yeah. <laughs> but but for, me, for me, it becomes a little difficult to Amy maintain. Either. More than one character, which I already am doing. Like mm-hmm. for for reference, mm-hmm. I, my character with the boys over here in my my my, my guild with them is mm-hmm. his name is a uh, Dorian Kraut. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a of course he's a vampire blood hunter. Ja. Uh-huh. So there's that, and my other character that I play with my high school playgroup, which these are people that I recently got into D and D. So it's, I mean, our DM is has been added for a while, but the rest of the players. They just recently got into it, so he's um he's he's a cowboy monk. Mm-hmm. So basically, oh, yeah. if you if you've seen uh, Shaolin Showdown, Clay, yeah, the cowboy who oh, does blonde, kung fu, the blonde burly yeah. guy. His name is uh, Warren Holiday. With no neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no eyes. Yeah. No eyes. <laughs> Howdy there, partner. My name's Warren Holiday. Now the thing is, at that point, the it's easier for Migs because he's playing the same character. Yeah. It's just a matter of uh the different uh, rules. Yeah, skills. But, but for me. It, you have to maintain different accents, different yeah, character tropes. So, mm-hmm. for people who can maintain that, I guess you could pl- 
play AL and homebrew, but for people who prefer to just hunker down and really invest in their character, mm-hmm. even then, I think if, if you're one person, if you're a per type of person who wants to invest in their character's backstory and all this stuff, mm-hmm. homebrew is the way to go, man. Yeah. Because in AL, I mean, you, you're going to have to have this approved. And if it, this kind of backstory is okay. Uh, yeah, exactly. It does take away from it a lot if your backstory cannot be implemented into That's the storyline. Because yeah. like in AL, if you're, especially if you're playing with a group that transfers from DM to DM, uh, when you start out the quest, your character's just there. Yeah. Like all of you are together already. There's no creative way like how you guys ended up at that place. Yeah, That's exactly. Yeah. Ooh, and another It's like really, a sitcom, actually. Yeah, and mm-hmm. another really cool thing I like about Homebrew and I guess I, I can't say this for sure about every homebrew 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 home home party with the dungeon masters. But usually you have your own backstory. You create that, and you share it to your DM. And more often than not, they tie that into your campaign, mm-hmm. and they 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 hint to it every now and then. Let's say maybe your uh, your sister went missing, or you yeah, like maybe your sister got kidnapped. Somewhere like totally unrelated to it. Maybe you're doing some other quest, mm-hmm. and like somebody just mentioned something about maybe this 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 little girl that they, that, that they saw. Yeah, like maybe as as a slave girl, or you mm-hmm. bump into a guard that you've seen before, and like you know each other, but now you're on separate factions. And yeah, you're against each other, which then ties into the stories they've written down for your campaign, which are specifically created and sewn together for your character and the rest of the characters in mm-hmm. the the campaign and mm-hmm. in your guild. But with AL, it's just, here's the story, you're just people who were dropped into here and you just play. Yeah. But so, don't, again, don't let that discourage you. It does have its merits though. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I am discouraging you, but don't let that <laughs> discourage you. <laughs> anyway, for the seasoned players that are listening to us right now, and let's face it, if you are listening to this type of podcast, you probably played Dungeons and Dragons before. I have some good news for the people out there that are playing a sorcerer or a warlock because just like I said a while ago, there are updates and, and unearthed arcana, there are new subclasses for the sorcerer and warlock. Again, I guess for people who don't know, we gotta just establish what unearthed arcana is. No, but it's just for unearthed. Yeah, this is just for the seasoned players. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, just for, for reference, yeah. unearthed arcana is basically things mostly meant for homebrew because yeah. they're not yeah. officially printed. They're kind printed. of like test developer rules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they weren't officially printed out by Wizards of the Coast so or the people that develop yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. And if there's, a, if there's a major revision to the current edition, they usually implement stuff yeah. from Unearthed Arcana, but not entirely, yeah. not everything, mm-hmm. and I, put in the current edition. I guess for people who play video games, they're, they're mods. Yeah. They're not officially part of the game exactly. until until the actual game developers they're make like, it part of the game. Yeah, yeah. they're like, I kind of yeah. like that mod, so we'll yeah. integrate into the game. That's what Unearthed Arcana is. So for those playing sorcerer, there's a new type of sorcerer called the Aberrant Mind Sorcerer. Basically, an alien influence has wrapped its tendrils around you. That sounds so wrong. So alien. <laughs> that, that's Cthulhu right Warping now. you in both body and mind. Perhaps a psychic splinter lodged in your psyche after you suffered domination by an abolith, which is an alien, by the way. Mm-hmm. Maybe you were born somewhere tainted by the far realm, a planar blot that changed you forever, or perhaps mind flayers kidnapped you, subjecting you to nightmarish processes of seramorphosis, but the transformation failed and left you altered. Okay, so what do you look like? All I got was, you know, when Squidward was super squishy. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so that's all I can visualize it's right now. It's basically uh, some guy walks up to you and you're like, Sorcerer, what are you holding? Nothing. Is that a celestial being from another outer plane? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, this dude is messed up. He's basically tainted by 
impossible dimensions that we cannot comprehend. So would you say he's he's eldritch in a way? Yes. Okay, now my problem with that is what the I mean thematically what's the differentiate him from a warlock that worships the great old one? Well, aside from the fact that this guy uses aberrant minds as their, you know, um, patron, mm. he mostly uses psionic spells. Oh, but okay. in combination with physical spells that involve opening portals to other worlds. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So basically, you can like summon a bunch of tentacles and yeah. move them throughout the map. You know, honestly, that to me sounds even more eldritch than what the warlock, great old one, is. Like that's what it's the warlock that worships a great old one is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But this version of the sorcerer, I think, does it much, much better. Yeah. It's sort of similar to the warlock hmm. that I'm about to mention. It's um, it's a lurker in the deep. That's what it's <laughs> called? Yeah. The lurker in the deep warlock. War- the lurker in the deep warlock. Oh, God. Like <laughs> that sounds worse. <laughs> you made a pact with an entity that lurks somewhere deep in the ocean or even on the <laughs> elemental plane of water. Such as, a, it's by the way, the elemental plane of water is just... It's all water. Yeah, y- you know, you know that. It's not even like a, like an ex, like a metaphysical you know, plane. This is water. Just, it's all water. It's dude. like that scene in Interstellar where that's exactly what planet. I was about to re- oh. like mention. It's that's like the inter- Interstellar scene. If any of you are actually following Critical Role's second campaign, mm-hmm. now I've been trying to figure out uh, Travis Willing, mm-hmm. the guy who used to play Grog the Barbarian. Grog. He plays a warlock now mm-hmm. with a scimitar whose name's Fjord, but is Ford. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's 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 southern. He's southern too. Uh-huh. And I could not for the for the life of me, I couldn't figure out who his patron was cuz Matthew Mercer kept on alluding to water and the sea. Mm-hmm. And now that you're mentioning that, I think that's what it is. Hmm. And thematically, it's really really cool. Like every sword that he cuz he's a hexblade warlock. Yeah. So he, he makes a pact with his sword and mm-hmm. stuff like that's his main thing. Yeah. Every new sword that he attunes to Starts growing corals and starts dripping with water all oh, the time. Oh, that's so Davy Jones. Yeah, and it's really, really cool. So that's cool. I would say that yeah. uh, this is definitely a very cool warlock. Essentially, like, this guy's Davy Jones, mm. like, somewhat. So, basically, his patrons are ancient primordials or a mighty kraken or a monstrous being from creation's earliest days. You serve as that creature's eyes and ears because warlocks do have a, require a patron. Yeah. Watching the world beyond its domain and reporting your findings, you may have gained this pact as a member of a cult dedicated to the entity or after your patron saved your life when you nearly drowned at sea. So Which, yeah, essentially Davy yeah. Jones. Yeah, and I, I think that definitely is, is, it's nice to see more water-related stuff in D&D mm-hmm. because water is rarely, kind of, I mean, obviously it's called Dungeons and Dragons, so half the time you are in dungeons. Mm-hmm. So it's or nice. dragons. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or dragons. Or in dragons. No, surprisingly yeah. enough. <laughs> There are not a lot of dragons that you bump into when you play D&D. Only because dragons are crazy powerful. They're so hard to fight. <laughs> yeah, even baby dragons. It's not even fun anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so hard. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's just nice to see that they're exploring different aspects of D&D mm-hmm. and really go, trying to get creative with it. But again, this is still Unearthed Arcana, so it's it's still unapproved, and you'll have to ask your... Definitely won't be allowed in AL, Adventures League, <laughs> but you'll have to ask your homebrew dungeon master if he's okay with it which i'm sure i'm pretty um, sure yeah i mean obviously we can have citrus daggers (laughs) oh god that's an inside joke i'm sorry (laughs) which maybe we'll explain one day when we do maybe a a DD episode on this podcast definitely and with that in mind how about we take a quick break detectives shall we 
What? What? We've been talking for should an we, hour. Should we? Should yeah, we? No. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. We should find Actually, a way to. I, I was close I was it. thinking we were supposed to just close the show at this point and go. Yeah. Ah. Okay. So good. Yeah. So, so cut that bit out. Yeah. I mean, no, I think we hard. can cut the part with that. In no, mind. but how yeah, do you yeah. how do you wrap it up? Don't we go back to your prompt from? Yeah. yeah. Case um. Do you? Okay. So we'll go with that in mind. Mm-hmm. I think it's time to get back into yeah. our. So I think you just start with you just open again with with that in mind. Yeah. So yeah. And with that in mind, let's open up our case no, file. Uh, yeah, pause after with that in mind because you pause later, so it's easier for them to cut it later. Okay. So with that in mind. And with that in mind, let's open up the case file that we opened up a while ago. <laughs> is what exactly is what? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> what? Nothing. Else. Carry on. Carry, carry on, on, detective. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, know why I'm. Carry British. on, detective. What ho? <laughs> I don't know why I'm British now, but <laughs> carry on. Basically, to what extent is Palpatine's presence going to be felt in the Rise of Skywalker? I was about to say The Last Jedi. The <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. Now, spoiler alert for anyone that does not want to know anything about this movie. But again, the source that this clip comes from is not... Wait, hold on, 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 real quick. Is this from... Yeah, wait. One more step. <laughs> <laughs> and I turn this lasso electric. No. Okay, can, can I just get a little clarification? Are you going to actually... Do you have an answer to this case file? Like, is there an actual answer? Because I thought we were going to get into what we think his presence is going to be. Unless you have... No, there's an yeah. actual answer. Is it like a legit answer or another is it theory? A, again, the source is not credible, but it was from Esquire.com. <laughs> then... Esquire? Esquire talked about... Yeah, I know. But what, they're Esquire talking about Palpatine talk- in a suit? or what? No, because isn't the... Makes just open it up. Okay, <laughs> fine. So basically... There was a leak mm-hmm. of a clip okay. from The Rise of Skywalker. Is this leak, is the clip actually available? Well, no, not not anymore because Disney took it down. Okay. But, yeah. What was the what was So, the to video? whoever doesn't want to know anything about the movie. Well, what if it's we don't want to know anything about the movie? It's a really short clip. It's too late now. We're, we're detectives. It's we're okay, so we're detectives. Short. We gotta, like, gotta nail this. Like, if I, tell, if I say this to you guys, you're probably just going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. A real detective never backs down from a case. Says who? <laughs> it's literally our job. That's why we're on this podcast. Right, the right. Okay, fine, fine. Okay, so, I mean, uh, for those people... Who again don't want to know? Mm-hmm. Well, what do we, do we tell them? Is skip along like a good, I don't know, three, three, five minutes? What? Yeah. What? <laughs> Just cover your ears and, and recite <laughs> the alphabet. And by the time you're done reciting the alphabet, I'll be done. Yeah, but again, for reference, as Mick said, this isn't like that major of a spoiler, anyways. So mm-hmm. carry on. Okay. So basically, what the image is, it's not an actual clip, it's an Im- images now, screen caps, is Emperor Palpatine mm-hmm. dressed in a red robe. Okay. Sitting on his gigantic Sith throne, shooting lightning out of his hands, and standing across him with blue lightsabers in their hands is Ray and Ben. Does his blue lightsaber also come out on the sides? That's just, no, I'm curious. Just, just blue lightsaber. Is it also the same hilt as Anakin's? Not sure. Well, you know what? Actually, I'm even more confused now because I don't even know if that answers the question. No, yeah. Actually, I thought the original theory. No, but at least now we know that he's actually in the movie. Physically. Yep. No, but even in the trailer, it's already... Well, no, that's mere speculation, because yeah. that could be anybody's fingers. CG, yeah. No, 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 but have you read the captions? Have you turned captions on? It really it really tells you which parts of the dialogue is Emperor Palpatine's. It says Emperor Palpatine, and then... Yeah, but they could have superimposed that. Yeah. No, no, but the fact that they put the dialogue there to begin with in the trailer... They could have done that on purpose. 
No, but that's okay. Misdirecting doesn't mean you omit actual things in the movie. You just the elements are still there. <laughs> They're just portrayed fight, in a different fight, way. Fight, fight, fight. <laughs> no, no, I mean like it should be confirmed that he has like yeah. he is there. The question is how big is the impact? Wait, so are we are we all agreeing that he's physically going to be there? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, so what what is our answer? confirmed How, it. What is our solution to this to this case file? What what is the is is actual I think out, extent of his presence. It's a payoff from Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Cuz you know how the mm. entire monologue about Darth Plagueis you know manipulating midi-chlorians to create yeah. life oh, kind that, of just it went yeah. somewhere then just yep. Yeah, so, so like one one big theory. I don't I don't I don't like the theory though yeah. cuz I feel like they could just tell the story in a, in a much mm-hmm. better way. Okay. But one theory is that he's Ray is actually a sleeper cell type of human oh. who was created to be another with vessel same, for Palpatine. Yeah, with the same context of this whole sleeper cell thing that Palpatine has been doing. Exactly, with the Imperial Star Destroyers yeah. with mini tiny Death Star lasers. Which is very possible by the way because it has been confirmed in the comic books that Anakin is in fact Palpatine's son. Oh yeah, he. But that's a comic book. So wait. no, no, no. It's no, canon. No, no, anything, canon. anything made in Star Wars canon. I mean, any kind of written material is technically canon now because oh, okay. it's owned by Disney. And oh, that's by right. Yeah, that's right. So everything is yeah. canon. So they made everything canon again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this. I mean, I'm assuming this is new. Everything. Yeah. Written, everything is revealed. Written down. Relatively. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. okay. About last year, I think, because Palpatine right. apparently impregnated Shmi. That's her name, right? Yeah. Mm, with Shmi. With medical. Evil medical. So like what with a syringe stuff. or yeah, but like no no no. So use the force. So <laughs> what? I guess to, to to clarify that he is the he's the force son. Yes. Of of okay. So w- I guess would you say that Emperor Palpatine's presence or the extent of his presence in the Rise of Skywalker is what Snoke was supposed to be before Ryan Johnson killed him off? Like that I guess was the extent of the big bad that he was supposed to be. I think the fact that he's coming back from the dead, and I'm pretty sure like if he did come back from the dead, he wouldn't exactly take the first order. I think that elevates him to a different level yeah. of evil at this it's point. Yeah. Hence the sleeper cell star yeah. destroyers. No, I mean, like just because we all kind of saw Snoke. We were seeing him as to be this new, big, overarching bad mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. And since he was killed off, they needed somebody else to fill that role. And is that what? Oh, is that, is that what you think they did? Because they no, that, yeah, that that's that's what I think it might be, and I'm asking you guys: do you, is that what we're thinking is the extent of his presence? Which is no, I think it's going to be way bigger than that. Yeah. I think I think this this movie is going to bring something new to the table, yeah. a type of Sith that we haven't seen before, yeah. one that has unlimited power. Unlimited yes. power. I'm also yeah. rather quite excited for the Knights of Ren, though. Like. Are they getting their own movie? No, no, no. no, oh, no, you mean no. They, in, have in this such, film? they have a much bigger part. Ooh, which is them. which? Oh, yeah. and production design-wise, the entire group, because you know how the, con- I, I think the context was already mm-hmm. well put in Last Jedi, because yeah. you know how Ben ran, ran off with a few of Luke's students? Yeah. Yeah, so That's they, the Knights of Ren. Yeah, that's the Knights of Ren. But then they have this weird practice where they, their armor, their battle armor is very rusty and is, damaged yeah. because it's taken from certain aspects of Darth uh. Vader's suit. Oh, so pieces. That's so cool. they take pieces of it. So one of them have a pe- has a piece each. That's why yeah. Kylo has the helmet. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. you think they're going to have anything to do with Palpatine or totally I, separated? I don't know. Yeah. Actually, do you think if ever that leak is confirmed or if it's legitimate, I'm sure do you it think is, that, do you think the knights would turn with Ben? I think No. No. If anything, it might be one of those things that 
you were supposed to be our leader. <laughs> yeah, and the, the Knights and the, of Ren are just like, dude, you're the one that made us <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. sick. Yeah. So, so I guess, Why are you backing out now, man? Awesome, man. Oh, by the way, guys, I'm a I, think, <laughs> I think it was a bad idea. <laughs> so I guess before we uh, conclude whether or not this case is closed, mm-hmm. we, we, I, I, get, I got like one last question to ask you guys yeah. regarding Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Considering what where we see his presence to be, which is even bigger of that, what they were planning with Snoke, mm-hmm. do you think he's going to get killed off in this movie? Yeah. They're going to rush it that way? Yeah. Or kind of find a way to make him linger a little longer until maybe future parts of the franchise happen? Oh, I feel like since Ian McDermott had such a big part with the original and prequel trilogy, mm-hmm. and you know how he ended in the original trilogy how he kind of just fell and then there's so much more story yeah, in yeah. legends and in actual canon yep. it's all it, it, it all points to a lot of different directions and yeah. I feel like they just want to kill him off now for the actual mainline canon just so that they can be over with any kind of speculation uh, so I guess with his, his presence in Rise of Skywalker is just to establish to cap off his yeah, arc to cap off his arc to establish a new agenda and then get him out of there real quick. Yeah, I mean, everyone, I'm assuming everyone in this new trilogy would be out for the next. Okay, yeah. 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 I have a feeling. So I guess th- that is uh, what we've discovered through our investigations our, our on this case file. Uh, yes. Case? Would you say it is closed or half open or I would say creased? You know what? Maybe we'll get back. T- I would say this is going to have to be an open case. Mm. We're going to say this open case until the movie comes out. This is going to be a running mm. joke. And after the movie comes out, We'll get back into it and mm-hmm. we'll see whether or not this ends up being a cold case or if the case will be closed. So this one stays in the cabinet for now. So before anything else, we'd just like to give a big thank you as Geek PD to Podcast mm-hmm. Network Asia for giving us the opportunity and, you know, the window and, you know, the, the, the resources for allowing us to record this podcast. Makes Dre and I always have a hard time finding a place to record our podcasts in. And, you know, we're very lucky and very thankful to be able to for for podcast network <laughs> asia to provide a space for us at rear remote co-working philippines yeah because for reference these two boys Migs and ian do live in the north and i live mm-hmm. all the way in the south i'm an alabanger basically on the other side of the world <laughs> exactly so we always try to find a middle point to record which mm-hmm. always ends up to be in qc so it's north, north that, that is middle point dre no it's, no, it's <laughs> if, not if your other Shh. point is commonwealth <laughs> but yeah i mean again we just like to thank Podcast Network Asia for providing us this beautiful studio. Mm-hmm. We sound so crisp. Super crisp. <laughs> We're actually not shedding a microphone. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. Although we do like sharing our fun with everyone else as much as the other people underneath this network. So there are other podcasts. If you want to learn about them, then you can visit their website at podcastnetwork.asia. But before we fully and officially completely close up and go, GPD <laughs> would like to officially rethink once again podcast network asia for being really awesome now they do have a bunch of other awesome podcasts under their amazing little umbrella just like the eavesdrop hosted by delamar monica and jelly if you're interested in any kind of inspirational woman talk and that kind of stuff the eavesdrop is the podcast for you and of course we have the hello hello show hosted by rika and jc where they talk about anything under and over the sun (laughs) yep another show is called hustle share hosted by Ronster. It's actually a lot of... I feel like this is more on life choices because I am financially inept. So if you need to know anything <laughs> about business entrepreneurship or finances, I think that is the podcast show for you. And also we got the Wrestling Wrestling Show by Stan Rogue, Camus, and Chino, which is all about Filipino pro wrestling, which I think is pretty cool because we actually do have that thing where people in tights jump around here in the Philippines. 
Blades. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, we still have a few other shows, like Everything in Between with Joe. If you didn't know, Joe's the host. <laughs> and if you are in between, that is everything she's going to talk about. <laughs> yes. And of course, if you like laughing just as much as we do, then they do have a po- comedy podcast that is hosted by James Nanong and GB of Comedy Manila, and it's called The Cool Pals. Mm-hmm. So if you want to check out those podcasts out, you can check out the website that is www.podcastnetwork.asia. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And we'll see you guys next time. This has been Geek PD. The show where we investigate movies, comic books, TV shows to infinity and beyond. Yeah, Hope go. you had a good time in the precinct. We'll see you soon.